Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, Monday, uh, November 28th, 2022. It is a cool and gray day here by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Uh, it was actually quite pleasant to run in earlier this morning, but it looks like it's going to get cold throughout the day, but that's fine because it's that time of year. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, let's see, three and a half weeks since the last check-in and um, pretty busy month. There's been a lot going on because of, uh, well, lots of things. Um, well, first of all, like talk about the neighborhood. Um, I've developed some micro trends the past month or two, which I don't know if I mentioned last time, but um, in addition to my going into the office routine of stopping at Poetica Coffee or Bee's Knees um, after I drop off Oliver at school, but before I get on the F train. Uh, that's still going on, and most of the time it's still been warm enough and dry enough to sit outside in the backyard of Poetica. So again, I have this back garden to myself with like fallen leaves surrounding me and and tree branches and it's very, very pleasant. So I hope I can continue to do that for at least a few more weeks. Um, but the other thing is I've been going to Wing Bar. Don't know if I mentioned that. I've been going to Wing Mar Bar for an hour or so uh, on Sundays, although I didn't do it yesterday or oh, I did do it the week before. But basically just to get out of the house and to watch ostensibly to watch the Bengals because they have NFL Sunday direct ticket. Uh, but it's just a fun sports bar, and I much prefer it to uh, Union Grounds across the street, uh, which is loud and um, noisy and crowded. And Wing Bar is, I guess, noisy too, but it's just got a more relaxed vibe. Um, like the people there are just casual pe- people that are that casually like sports um, as opposed to uh, diehards. Um, so yeah, I've been going to wing bar and drinking Miller high lifes, which are like, what? They're probably up to five dollars a bottle now. Last year they were like three. Um, either way, it's cheap enough that I don't really even think about what I'm paying when I settle up after two drinks. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, wing bar. It's great. Um, and it smells awesome in there, uh, cause they make wings. Uh, let's see topic I've been having with, uh, discussing with uh, my friend Pete is the new smoke shop situations in the neighborhood, which uh, I'm all for this leading up to legalized dispensaries, etc. But we're in this gray area, which kind of sucks. So a couple of smoke shops opened up a couple of years ago. Um, One is this really janky, amateurish looking place that's operated by apparently a very nice person that uh <laughs> my brother-in-law has gotten to know uh which is on court street near bergen and um you know since since um selling isn't hasn't been like authorized yet it apparently will be any time um you know none of these are like super legit uh but from what i understand you can get stuff no problem um i don't even think you have to jump through any hoops anymore of like 
quote unquote, uh, joining a club and getting a gift, um, you know, or something. But anyway, what I'm, what I'd really like to see is like places like you see in like Maine or Massachusetts where it's just like, or, or Ontario where it's just, uh, kind of bright and clean and it gives off the air of, um, you know, this is like legitimate stuff that's past QA and quality control and you don't have to worry about what you're getting, et cetera, et cetera. And it has like QR codes on the labels and you can look up, you can read about where your stuff comes from. But I don't think that's really happening here yet because of this gray area. So um, one annoying thing is we had, the reason Pete and I had been discussing this was there's been a vacant space on the northeast corner of President and Court, which used to be a cash checking place. And we were hoping it was going to be um, this breakfast spot. I can't remember the backstory. Some L.A. hotspot was coming here. And they still are coming here somewhere in Court Street, but we don't know where. Um, but it's just this like bong shop called <laughs> The Good Life. And it's, um, I don't know, it's just ugly. Maybe that's being, maybe I'm sort of like uh, projecting my desires and what I think this industry industry should be. But a bong shop isn't what I was hoping for, for all this. Anyway, um, so The Good Life. I don't think I'll be going there, but it's on Court Street. It's a new spot. Um, oh, and Brooklyn is not going to get dispensaries yet as quickly as everyone else in New York State because there's some federal lawsuit by some jackass in Colorado or something or somewhere who wants to open a place in Brooklyn and somewhere upstate too, like near Hudson. And he's arguing that it's unconstitutional that he, as a non-New Yorker, is not allowed to open a business here. So a judge has withheld or upheld or something, delayed the dispensaries opening in Brooklyn and the other counties he wanted to open in. So that sucks. Um, so F that guy, first of all. Um, but it's also just annoying. So anyway... Um, one day I'm looking forward to all this, uh, and I'm not even a big uh, consumer. I just kind of want to casually access it, and also I believe it's a right step forward for our society in general. But anyway, um, so in terms of new spots in the neighborhood, uh, there's the good life. <laughs> Let's see, Social, the um, very active and... Uh, <laughs> loud and social uh italian restaurant on the corner i which i don't go to often because it's a little pricey but i like it uh i went and had a nice beer with my bandmate mike phillips last to a, some at some point in november because i parked the car on a monday night and i had when you park it on you move your car on mondays often you just have to go to red hook which is what i did and as I was texting him i was walking by his apartment i said let's go get a drink and he said sure and we ended up at social and we sat at the bar, and I think the Mater D dude, who I know is the owner, um, was a little disappointed we weren't eating. We were just drinking, but we were just having one drink. But what they have are bottles of Maine Peeper Pale Ale, which is by Maine Brewing Company. So it's in those 16-ounce—or no, um, 
18 or 19 ounce bottles. So it's basically a pint and not a half of a pint. And it's just a lovely, lovely beer. And Mike and I sat there and had a wonderful 40 minute conversation. Um, so that was very nice. So I went back to Social. Uh, yesterday morning, I went running as I often do, and I finished my run up near Atlantic Avenue. And so I went to Shelsky's, which I was, I found myself craving when I woke up. Shelsky's is like the kind of, um, bagel and cream cheese and salmon and lox and whitefish type delicatessen. So I got a Szechuan peppercorn bagel. Um, I actually got two, one just plain to go. Um, and I also got chili flakes, cream cheese in a little container, but I also got a bacon, egg and cheese on a Szechuan peppercorn bagel. And I highly recommend that. So I was like, Oh, this place is here and I never go. So I will be going more often. And then yesterday, Oliver and I went to F&F Pizza, which we do all the time, but I walked into Black Gold beforehand because I just felt like going to Black Gold and seeing what they had, and I felt like buying maybe a couple of 7 inches and maybe a cassette, and that's exactly what I did. I got Love Sexy by Prince on tape um, in a classic late 80s uh, clear cassette shell, Um, and then 245s, I just look through the new releases and they were right at the front or not new releases, new arrivals. Uh, do they know it's Christmas by band aid, which I actually think I have the 12 inch down in the basement in storage, but, um, I got the seven inch. Yes. It's a problematic (laughs) song and lyric and everything, but I really love it. Um, and I just love the image of mid eighties UK pop stars, um, with one American act, by the way, cool in the gang. But anyway, do they know it's Christmas? And I also got Don't Get Me Wrong by The Pretenders. Uh, So I've not been in a record or CD or, well, I've not been in a record collecting mood for a few years now. Uh, I've definitely been in a cassette collecting mood, but only when something strikes me. Um, Like when I find some cool cassette, and it's generally from the 80s, uh, either... Well, could be anything, but 80s cassettes. And I've decided I want to buy 80s 7 inches, which I used to do as a kid, but on a small allowance, I didn't have that many. Um, But I loved Top 40 radio back in the 80s because it was, you know, a golden era of that stuff. So I think I just want to buy 7 inches, which are still very cheap. Both of these 7 inches cost $3. Uh, I feel like 7-inch singles have not been affected by the whole jacking up the price and everyone's getting into vinyl, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, 87 inches. That's going to be my thing when I walk into used record stores and cassettes. And then my other thing that I do still collect, but it's um, on a much, you know, it's also on a very slow and small scale is just like brand new CDs, um, sets of archival live performances, which if you've listened to this before, you know that I just like those. So that's my record collecting report. Yeah. Black gold. Um, all right. What else has been going on this month? A lot. There was the marathon two days after the last episode. And that was fun. I did my usual thing where when I went running in the morning, I went up the marathon route for like two miles in our area, which is set up and traffic is blocked up 
off, but there's no runners yet, and you can just run up it. So I did that. And um, let's see, election day happened, and that was, I think, kind of a relief for many of us. <laughs> uh, but that was fun. I was I stayed home from the office because there was no school. And Oliver and I just hung around, and he came with me to vote. So I went in the morning after I ran, and there was a line. So I was like, okay, I'll go back. And then Oliver and I went later in the morning, and there was still a line, and I didn't want him to wait. So we, I said, listen, we're going to come back later, and, in the, and if there's a line, it'll be shorter, but let's wait. So we came back around lunchtime, and there was still a line, but he waited, and he was very good. And they did a different thing at my voting location, which is the Carroll Gardens Library on Clinton and Union. As long as I've been voting there, which has been like eight years now, it's always been in the basement of the library. But this time, they built this like uh, one of those small temporary tent overhang enclosed areas uh, like you see at weddings or outdoor events, uh, but on a very small scale. And you and it was just on the side of the building where you usually go down the side steps into the basement, but it was in that little area they set up. Uh, so they it was small in there, but it was they had a n- nice little system going, and we were in and out, and that made the line move fast. Like, when I saw the lines earlier, I thought they were like, you know, the line snaked down the stairs and into the basement, but no, it was just the line to literally get into that temporary awning. So it wasn't that long. Um, so yeah, election day. That went well. Um, let's see. Other things that happened in my getting out and about, I had dinner at uh, Damaka, D-H-A-M-A-K-A, which is a kind of like buzzed hotspot Indian restaurant on Delancey and Essex, and it was fantastic, and I went for my friend uh, Scott Devendorf's birthday, and he and I and our friend Justin from Threes, we just had a nice dinner. Um, and then, and I mean, the food was just outstanding. Justin had been there before and they served three's brewing beers there. So he was like kind of talking to them, but wow, fantastic food. So, uh, Damaka. And then afterwards we went downstairs into the Essex market basement and had a beer at the Grand Delancey, which is the big beer hall there that I fancy and clean and minimalist that I'd never been to with a huge tap list. But they had a ton of Hill Farmstead beers from Vermont because Hill Farmstead had just been in town for a number of events. So I had their uh, brown ale, um, which is like, I think most Americans, their first thought of brown ale is like Newcastle, if you're of a certain age, when Newcastle was like a much more commonly consumed beer. But And Newcastle is like, you know, not great. It's fine. But, but to get a like well-done fresh brown ale is just a thing of beauty it just came in uh those glasses that are they they have a name and i can't remember not tulip at all and not pint glasses but they're kind of tall and thin and slightly curved that one and it was just beautiful almost black color with a nice foamy head and it was (laughs) just like oh my gosh this is like heaven what a great beer it was um i think it's called the george all the hill farmsteads are just like first names male and female first names but i think this was called george but it's their brown ale so that was fun um let's see i went to a conference like a work conference for the first time in years 
I think, well, yeah, because the last one I went to was the week that everything shut down here in New York in March 2020. I think it was like March 4th. I went to a conference in Dumbo. Uh, and this was a conference at the Metropolitan Pavilion on 18th Street called Product Con, just like a product, you know, digital product conference. It was uh, not as fun as I thought it would be. Um, not that I have, you know, quote unquote fun at these things, but it's nice to not be in the office or not be at home. And I went with my boss and we're on our laptops, kind of checking in on work, but also listening to the panels. But it was just kind of like after a while, I was like, oh, this is enough. I wore my mask most of the time. Um, sometimes when I was having coffee somewhat by myself, I would just kind of keep it down. Um, but yeah, it was just like, I don't know if I need to, if I'm going to be in a big crowded area, you know, I'd, I'd, I'm willing to risk it all for like concerts, you know, or not risk it all, you know what I mean, but take a risk for that. But I didn't feel comfortable just, you know, listening to people talk about work stuff and I don't know. But anyway, that was that. Uh, but the highlight of the day was I got to go get lunch at S&P, which is the former Eisenberg's uh, lunch counter, uh, Eisenberg's Deli. I don't remember the official old name, but it was Eisenberg's on Fifth Avenue between 22nd and 23rd across the street from the Flatiron Building, which is just an old lunch spot, you know, like count long, thin, long, thin restaurant, long, thin counter, and then tables at the very back. Um, and so it was revived, it was closed for a few years and it was revived by the court street grocers people. And they kept the place looking the absolute same. The menu is pretty much the same. And they even hired like old staff, like the woman who runs the cash register at the front. So I got a tuna melt, of course, and it was, I had to get it to go cause it was so packed. Um, but yes, outstanding S and P have finally made it cause it's been open, I think a year at least. In other uh, classic Manhattan restaurant news, uh, I went to Arturo's with Oliver to meet, um, again, Scott and uh, Scott and Liz and their son at Arturo's Pizza, which is on Houston at Thompson. And I hadn't been there, according to my Foursquare Swarm history, since 2011. So I kept telling Oliver he'd been there before, and he was like, I don't remember. And uh, I thought he didn't remember because he was too young, but he was right. He's never been there. Uh, so Arturo's, uh, that was great. Um, and then Julie joined at the very end cause she had been in New Jersey for a birthday of, of her friend. So she came at the very end. And then the next day we went back to the city, uh, because Julie wanted to go to H Mart in the, and we went in the East village version. So Oliver and I went to seven, eight, seven coffee, which is on second Avenue at, at like 10th and sort of Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant street right by uh, across the street from St. Mark's in the Bowery Church. And Oliver likes going to coffee shops with me, which is great. So we sit there and uh, he reads a book and I have coffee and he likes to look out the window. So that was awesome. And then we went to H Mart and I wanted to confirm that we were getting um, Japanese potato chips and that's what we did. And some like Korean like shrimp chips, etc. Um and then this brings us up all the way to Thanksgiving now. Uh, Thanksgiving was pretty awesome. Stayed here because my mom's in Mexico. Uh, and uh, so there was no reason to like um, go 
to her place because she wasn't there. Um, my family is there, but she wasn't there, so we're going to go back um, when she gets back. And uh, we didn't go to Baltimore, so we just stayed here, which was great. Um, so I took advantage of our office every year offers, although they haven't the past couple years, but they allow employees to bring in um, guests to watch the parade because uh, the parade goes right by our office on 6th Avenue. So that's what we did. We went, me, Julie, and Oliver, and then we took um, our friend Eric and Debbie's daughter, Margot, and uh, we went to uh, <laughs> we went to work. And it was great. I had to check them in and pre-register them days ahead of time, and they had their little passes. And there was a check-in in the lobby, which was kind of odd to see just because it's unusual. And I checked them in, and then I went in, and we all went to the 10th floor, which is the... Uh, sort of main floor, but not the floor I work on, but it's lower, so it has a better view. And there were a lot of people there. And the windows are not like wall-to-wall windows. They're kind of annoying, like single window shaped. So like the building is like, if you look at the facade, it's like half, it's like three foot windows and then two and a half foot non-windows and three foot windows and two and a half foot walls. So you have to find your nook. You know, it's kind of like an annoying thing. But we found a nook, and it was great. And then uh, near the end of the parade, we went upstairs to my floor, and I found my colleagues who had stayed there because it was way less crowded. And I got to meet their families. Uh, so that was very nice. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad to have gone to the parade once. I'd never done it before. I feel like that's a New York thing to check off the list. Uh but if I'm going to go back, it would have to be on a day where it was nice weather like it was Thursday here. And um, I liked going up to the office and having access to snacks and a bathroom. Um, so, yeah, and then that day we went over to the aforementioned Eric and Debbie's place for Thanksgiving. And there was about 10 adults there and like five to six kids. And it was just a fun time. So happy Thanksgiving. And that's about it for catching up on the month of November. Music. Uh, well, one event is I went to Suede and the Manic Street Preachers at the King's Theater um, a week ago. And it was Suede's first U.S. tour since 1997, which is mind-blowing. I love Suede. I never thought they would come here, and I was almost right. Um, but thankfully, I was not right. So... They've been doing that. They were like co-headlining, so they did a twelve-date tour of North America, and they alternated going first and going second. So this night was Suede going first, and uh, Suede are great. I had no idea though how fantastic live they were. I mean, this was an instant top thirty or forty, which sounds like a lot, and it's not show I've ever seen, like performance I've ever seen. Suede was like. Well, they look the same, not that that matters, but it's kind of just like fun and it adds to it all that they kind of look the same as they've always looked. Um, they're in great shape. They play, oh my gosh, they're fantastic musicians. Like the sound was just so well performed. Brett Anderson's voice has not changed, I thought. I thought it was powerful and great. And there was no like, oh, he's, I'm going to, you know, give him a ha golf handicap, like, is he good for his age? No, he's just, like, flat-out good. Um, 
and he's such a performer, went into the crowd three times, etc., etc. Um, so Suede, glad I glad I saw him. Manic Street Preachers, they were great too. It's hard to follow Suede, but um, I enjoyed them. They did a cover of Borderline by Madonna, which was fun. Uh, they did all of their hits, and they closed with a de- Design for Life. So I had seen uh, Manic Street Preachers once before, and that was in August of 1996 at the Palace of Auburn Hills in uh, off of I-75 north of Detroit. And they were opening for Oasis, who I saw three times in one year <laughs> in Detroit from St. Andrews Hall to the State Theater to the Palace of Auburn Hills. And then that last show, Manic Street Preachers opened. And I liked them, but it was like they were three-piece three playing to an arena as an opener in the summer in Michigan. And it's just like, who was paying attention? Not many people, but I was. And three months later... I had moved to London, and I was at my local favorite bar in Shepherd's Bush, Bush called the uh, Bush Ranger, which was right on Goldhawk Road next to the tube station. And it was kind of a rock and roll bar. Like, it was, like, definitely the scene of that neighborhood. And I noticed that Elvis Costello did a photo shoot in Q Magazine there uh, a year later. But anyway, one night I found myself on a Saturday night there with friends, and I'm ordering a uh, beer at the bar, and who's next to me but James Dean Bradfield the lead singer of the Manic Street Preachers. And I introduced myself, and, you know, again, I'm like this 23-year-old American dude, and he's just like, ugh. And then I was like, hey, I by the way, I saw you a few months ago in Detroit, and all of a sudden his demeanor changed, and he lit up, and he was like, you were in Detroit at that show? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, oh. And then at that point, I had a, a minute or two of small talk with him where he was like, I think, legitimately engaged and not annoyed. And then I cut it off to like, you know, not not sort of like, you know, use up all of my goodwill. But yeah, it was great. So Manic Street Preachers, I've seen them twice across 26 years. Um, good show. And I bought a t-shirt, which was a, they had a joint, one joint band shirt, like for the tour, where it was like both bands are on it with the tour dates. And thankfully, I liked how it looked. It was just black with white letters on the front and back. Um, and I also bought a joint t-shirt, tour t-shirt from the New Order uh, Pet Shop Boys show. So now that's my new thing, I guess. And maybe I'll get one next year because it looks like sh- the Charlatans and Ride are doing a UK or doing a joint tour. I'm very into these UK bands doing joint tours. I think they should. <laughs> I think everyone should pair up and come over and do it. And I'll I'll go to every show. And I'll, I will, like, uh, buy a tour shirt. All right. Moving on to music I listen to. I listen to hardly any new music this month for no reason other than I was just busy and working and reading instead of listening to new music and not in the car at all, really. So here are just three albums. Actually, no. Yeah, three albums. ISO Monstrosity, uh, a self-titled album on Brassland. My friend Alec, who runs Brassland, notified me of this. It is three... Uh, com- like new music, contemporary new music, cl- uh, classical for lack of a better word, composers, um, collaborating with hip hop vocals. So Danny Brown's on there, and um, as well as some others. Bryce Dessner has some uh, guitar playing, I think, on there or arrangements or something. Um, but it was pretty good. Uh, I feel like I. I I was expecting actually more vocals, but 
in a way I, re- I admired the restraint of like not going overboard with um, that half of the sort of like, you know, kind of new idea of this. But I get the feeling that people really like it. I saw some good write-ups of it and I liked it too. I will give it another listen for short. Um, I've already given it a few listens because it's short. It's like 27 minutes. Um, so I listened to it a couple of times on my run to Wegmans uh, that day. Let's see. Quiet by Your Side by Jude Flannery. Jude Flannery is a, um, well, former Brooklyn resident. I looks like he lives in Philadelphia now. He made this album with a bunch of Philly people, including Matt Barrick from The Walkman, who has a studio down there, um, and some other Philly folks. Anyway, Jude Flannery used to be in a band up here called uh, Frozen Falls with uh, my friend Luke Hewitt, and I think... Um, uh, Dave Hollinghurst, uh, apologies, I can't remember who else. And also, yeah, yeah, he was also in another band, and the name escapes me before that. But anyway, I met Jude through the broader um, friends and family of the National Folks way back then in like 2007, eight. So this is his first solo album and first album of new music in many years, and it's really, um, really well-made and really enjoyable. It's just a shortish nine or ten songs like three to four minutes of really well done singer songwriter e for lack of a better word music so quiet by your side by jude flannery um let's see use your illusion has a super deluxe version <laughs> which is uh great basically just in the sense that like um it was a good excuse to listen to these albums again also in terms of our digital world streaming world if you listen on a streaming service, it's technically one album, so you don't have to like switch to another album to listen to Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And also the artwork is great. It's like a combination of both the orangish and the bluish covers, um, and it looks cool. So there's a bunch of live stuff, I think, on there too or something, but I didn't bother with that. Just nice to listen to Use Your Illusion again. And then the last new thing I'm going to talk about is a single uh, by... Morrissey, and I'm going to preface this by saying that um, I'm appalled by Morrissey's um, heel turn and political leanings and um, his behavior and canceling shows and everything I don't really care about because I don't go to his shows, but, you know, his politics sucks. Anyway, I've given up on listening to new Morrissey because I kind of don't care. I wasn't even that curious, but last night I was scrolling Twitter, which I'm still doing, and... um, Torque Campbell from Stars tweeted that he didn't know what to do because he listened to the new Morrissey single and said it was absolutely stunning and gorgeous and he has complicated feelings because it's by Morrissey and what he invited a conversation with anyone reading his tweet to like what do you do when can you separate the art from the artist and from what I saw before I fell asleep the conversation was going towards you can to a degree. And I think that's actually a a good way of putting it. Like, I don't seek out Morrissey, but when I saw that description, I was like, well, I got to hear this song. And I listened to it, and it is beautiful, gorgeous, upbeat. It sounds like if this song came out in 95, it would be, this would be a classic Morrissey solo song. Um, And it's really weird. I look at the credits, like Josh Klinghoffer and Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he's just kind of this, he's done this all-star LA thing, but... But it doesn't sound like an L.A. thing. It sounds like a classic Morrissey single. And it sounds like 
this charming man in a more major key feel. It sound the beat sounds like Cemetery Gates kind of, and there's a bass line in there which sounds like "I Want You Back" by the Jackson Five. It was really amazing. I don't know how he did it. His voice sounds older, which is news to me because I haven't listened to new Morrissey music in many years. But um, his voice sounds older. I don't mind it, but you know. It's not like, say, Brett Anderson from Suede, who still sounds the same, although he's 10 years younger. But anyway, the song is called Rebels Without Applause, which is a very Morrissey title. I recommend listening to it because it's a fantastic song. Um, But yeah, this is the most I'm going to talk about it or promote it (laughs) because it is Morrissey. But yeah, good song. Um, All right. That's that's this episode's discussion of um, art and artists. Books. I finished Five Decembers by James Kestrel, which is a pen name for, I think the real name is Jonathan Moore or something. Anyway, this book, did I talk about it last time? I feel like I did. But A-plus book, one of the most enjoyable books I've read in ages. It's just a hard crime, a crime noir thriller set during World War II in Hawaii and the Pacific and in Asia. And I loved it and read it so fast, and it's just great. And I'm going to seek out other books on this hard case imprint because I loved it so much. And I bought Surrender by Bono, the memoir, which is set around 40 chapters set on loosely based on 40 songs. Because I bought it because it was such a long book. And I didn't want to have to speed read it from the library. And it's a beautiful cover. Oh, my gosh. It's a gorgeous cover design. And you know what? I am stunned at how much I'm enjoying it. It's really well done. He's he's he can write, and it's um, yeah. Uh, I think it's great. If you're at all even mildly a U two fan, I recommend it. Um, all right, and that's it. I'm reading The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy, but I'm only halfway through, so I guess more on that hopefully next time. All right, this has been a again very long episode of the Conrad Life Report, episode ninety five. Uh, do the ninety five broken social scene b-side um episode 95 november 28th 2022 here in carroll gardens brooklyn um i hope everyone has a great december and i will talk to you later in december see ya